0: because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder
1: look Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble
0: Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little known stories of the men who've lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. The true human stories of Mr. President. <laughs> Now, Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening and only one window on the ground floor shows a light. The old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. We enter and find ourselves
3: in the President's study. Good evening. Sit down, won't you? I suppose everybody has trouble sometimes persuading the folk in his family. I had it one time in the White House, and before it was settled, it grew into an international incident. Now, later on, I'll tell you which president this story happened to. But meanwhile, I think you may be able to guess. One evening about 6.30, I was in my room standing before a mirror and getting ready to attend a large banquet that was being given for me at a hotel. Yes?
1: May I come in, Uncle?
3: Oh, certainly, Harriet. Uh, you can help me tie this tie.
1: <laughs> Why can't men ever tie dress ties? I always have to tie Edward. Now, turn around,
3: please. Well, if we could tie dress ties, beautiful young ladies wouldn't do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, be Careful,
1: Uncle, mm-hmm. have you noticed Edward?
3: Of course. He's my favorite nephew and my favorite aide. What do you mean?
1: You're not, you're not working him too hard, are you?
3: Ooh, I don't think I could if I tried. He's like you, Harriet. He has a slight tendency to overdo. Don't, <coughs> don't choke me. Wait a moment.
1: I... I think he has a slight tendency toward not looking well. Scares me, Uncle. There. Look at yourself in the mirror.
3: Well, now, I couldn't have done it better myself. You know, Harriet, I'm glad we're having these few moments alone before the banquet. I've been wanting to talk to you.
1: Nothing too solemn, I hope, Uncle. Oh,
3: no, but now you're engaged to Henry Johnson. You mustn't keep him waiting much longer.
1: Well, I waited for him, don't forget.
3: Oh, that's true, too. Only don't punish him too hard, will you?
1: We plan to be married in three weeks.
3: Well, what would you say if after the dinner this evening I announced your engagement?
1: Oh, wonderful. If if Henry doesn't mind and Edward...
3: Oh, they'll like the idea, I'm sure. Uh, Harriet, I'm very anxious for you to be happy. I've tried to be a little more than an uncle to you and Edward. And the only way I can tell if I succeeded or not is if I... Afraid. have
1: done wonderfully, Uncle. Oh, yes? Harry, are you in there? Oh, yes, I am, Edward. But well, Henry's here with me. He wants to see you.
3: Oh, well, come in, both of you. Come in.
1: Oh,
0: beg pardon, sir, but my future brother-in-law wants to see my sister.
1: Don't you want to see me,
0: Edward? Uh, husbands before brothers, even <laughs> future husbands. Uh, here she is, Henry.
3: Good evening, Mr. President. Good evening. Do you mind if I take Harriet away just for a few minutes before the banquet? Of course I mind, Mr. Johnson. But you go right ahead. <laughs> Come along, Harriet.
1: I see you downstairs, Uncle. Yes. Don't be late, Edward. Don't worry.
3: Oh, uh, Edwin. Yes, sir? Harriet's a little worried about your health. Isn't it all right?
0: <sighs> Harriet always worries about me like a mother hen, sir. I'm quite all right, sir. Good.
3: Uh, would you hand me my coat, please? Oh, yes, let me help you, sir. Oh, thanks. Shall we go downstairs?
1: I can see you're not very impressed with the dinner this evening, Henry.
3: Oh, I'm very impressed. There'll be hundreds of people there, and I've never had dinner with you alone.
1: You have years of being alone with me ahead of you. Right now, please.
3: All oh, right, then kiss me.
1: You're a long time getting the idea, I must say.
3: Why can't we have the wedding sooner?
1: Which which reminds me... Uncle wants to announce our engagement tonight after the dinner. It was
3: announced a long time ago.
1: In Baltimore, darling, and in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This is Washington. Mm,
3: Naturally, I'd be honored. Come on, kiss me again.
1: Of course, darling. You let so much time go by in between.
2: Harriet, is the president with you? Oh, I beg your pardon.
1: Henry was only kissing me, Miss Sarah... This is my fiance, Henry Johnston. Miss Sarah, Uncle Secretary. Uh,
3: how do you do, Miss Sarah?
2: How do you do, Mr. Johnston? A message has just come for the President. I wonder where. Are you looking for me, Miss Sarah? Oh, yes, Mr. President. A message for you from the State Department.
3: Oh, thank you. Miss Sarah, I have the State Department ask the British Ambassador to come to see me tomorrow morning.
2: Was well, there any trouble, Mr. President? The
3: British have sent a squadron of warships into the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> isn't it? (laughs) Uncle,
1: what are you going to tell the British ambassador tomorrow? I want
3: to tell... I want him to tell me something, Harriet. (laughs) Exactly why they've sent ships into the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. Well, it must be to stop and search our ships, sir. Well, I'm not going to let them frighten us into joining the international agreement. If that's what they're after... Well...
0: Sir, what, what if we joined of our own free will? Oh, you're back to that, are you?
1: Oh, well, I think Edward's right, Uncle. Oh, you do. You'll never stop ships from carrying contraband goods all over the world unless every country lets every other country search their ships. Well,
3: I didn't know any of that interested you, Harriet.
1: Oh, it does very much.
3: You know, Harriet, you used to tell me I was too solemn. Now you've changed. You've grown.
1: What? Have I put on weight? Have I, Edward?
3: <laughs> not a pound, I'm sure. I mean, Harriet, you've grown from a harem-scarum girl into a beautiful woman.
1: Oh, well, that's better. Never tell a girl she's grown without finishing the sentence.
3: Now, remember that, Mr. Johnson. You <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Edward,
1: aren't you hungry?
2: Oh,
3: I, I, I thought I was. I,
2: I guess I'm not.
3: Mr. President. Yes, Miss Honolulu.
2: May I speak to you away from the table, if you don't mind?
3: Why, of course. Will you excuse me, Harriet? What is it, Miss Sarah? Uh,
2: Several guests have complained of the food. Mrs. Thompson felt suddenly ill and her husband took her home. A number of others have complained, too. Oh, that's
3: outrageous. You'd better get hold of the manager. Yes,
2: of course.
1: I only wanted to be sure. Uncle! Mr. President! What is it? What is it? Edward! Something's happened to him. He's terribly pale and he fainted.
3: Before I could help him, he fell from his chair, Mr. President. Let me see.
1: Oh, Uncle, I'm frightened. He looks so ill.
3: Miss Sarah, have Dr. Mott come here at once. (laughs) Mr. President. Good morning, Ralph. How are you feeling now, sir? Oh, well, pretty bad, Ralph. Oh, I didn't feel it until quite late last evening. How's Mr. Lane? Well, here's some of that taunting, Mr. President. Dr. Mott fixed it for you. you know, it'll only make me feel worse. Oh. <laughs> Have you heard of Miss Sarah's all right? Well, she coming in the office downstairs early. Well, she says six other people at dinner last night is awful sick. And Miss Lane? Oh, excuse me, sir. Yes. It's Dr. Mott, sir. Oh, good. Uh, Come in, doctor, won't you? Come in. I'll be waiting outside, sir. All right, Ralph. Well, doctor, how are all your patients doing? Just let me take a look at you, sir. Say ah, please. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you sleep all right, sir? No, now, the first thing, Mr. President, will you have Miss Sarah cancel all your appointments for the next week or so? Well, no, wait a moment. There's one appointment I can't cancel. The British ambassador this morning. But you're not well enough, but sir. The others can wait, but I've got to see him. I insist on that, Dr. Monday Now, tell me how the others are. Mr. President, as a result of food poisoning last night, five of the guests have died. Died? Who, Doctor? Mrs. Thompson, Commissioner Randolph and his daughter. Randolph. His daughter? She was only 18, Doctor. Yes, I know. And Judge Benson? Oh, this is a terrible tragedy, Doctor. we will have to take some sort of action against the hotel and somehow help the families of those people. And Doctor, you said... You said five people died. But you mentioned only four names. Just an hour ago, sir, at 7 o'clock, Edward Lane died. Edward? Oh, no, it's impossible. Sir. He hadn't a strong constitution, sir. He was badly run down. <laughs> Doctor, I... You know, Edward was more like a son to me than... as Harry have been told. She was with us when it happened, Mr. President. Well, I've got to get dressed. But you, you can't get up, Mr. President. You're very ill yourself. I've got to talk to her. Even so, Mr. President, I... Mean... Yes? Oh, oh, Harriet, come come in, won't you? You'll excuse me, Mr. President. I'll look in again in a little while. Yes, thank you, doctor. Harriet.
1: He was the finest brother a girl ever had. I can't believe it.
3: Tell me, uh, do you want me to send for your Aunt Helen?
1: All the time we were growing up together, whenever I cried, he he knew how to make me laugh. No matter what went wrong, I I always knew he'd be. You loved him, too, didn't
3: you? All of us did, Harriet.
1: Uncle, Uncle I'm not going home again. I'd I feel too far away from him. I've got to stay here if you let me.
3: Hey, Harriet, you've got your own life to live. I I know how you feel. I feel the same way, but you'll get over this grief in No, time. no, I won't. Oh, Harriet.
1: I, I told Henry I'm going to stay. He didn't understand we had a quarrel. He's gone home, and we're not going to be married.
3: But Harriet...
1: You won't make me live, will you?
3: No, no, of course not. Of course not.
1: Are you all right, Uncle?
3: Oh, I think so. Would you do me a favor? I think Dr. Mount is in the corridor and possibly the British ambassador has come in.
1: Oh, you shouldn't see anyone, Uncle. Well,
3: I have no choice, Harriet.
1: I'll show them in. If you will. Dr. up, will you go in, please? Thank
3: you, Miss Lane. Mr. President, the British ambassador, I- I've explained that this interview must be very short and... I'm going to stay in the room just to make sure. Very well, Dr. Mann.
4: Mr. President, my most sincere condolences for the tragedy of last night uh, and your own illness. Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. I'm still
3: pretty weak, as you can see, but uh, do you mind if I come straight to the point?
4: I beg you, sir.
3: Your government is sending warships into the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. Does that squadron have orders to stop and search American merchant ships?
4: London feels very strongly about contraband on the high seas. It hurts our foreign trade. It can hurt yours. We take
3: care of our own problems. We don't stand for other people doing it. No matter what danger it leads us to. Mr. President, that's a threat. Would public opinion here back you up? Now, look here. Mr. President, be careful, please, sir. Oh, all right, Doctor, all right. Now, Mr. Ambassador, let's not mince words. If those ships of yours touch one American vessel, I guarantee you trouble. Is that clear? I'll report this conversation to London, Mr. President. Uh,
4: may I wish you an early return to good health, most sincerely?
3: Thank you, Mr. Ambassador, most sincerely. <music>
2: President, I'm glad to see you back at
3: your desk. Oh, I feel like a stranger, Miss Sarah. Three (laughs) weeks in bed is a long time. Well, where do we begin? Well,
2: first about the Federal Hotel, the owner's closed it. Well,
3: did you visit the families of the people who died? Yes,
2: I offered them all the help the White House could give. They appreciated it very much.
3: I wish there were more we could do. Well, there's still work to be done. Has there been any further news of the British ships in the Gulf?
2: Not a word, Mr. President.
3: You know, the British ambassador scared me that morning.
2: Well, you were very ill.
3: Apart from that... He said he wondered if public opinion would back me up. If there's a clash,
2: why, of course it would, Mr. President. Well, I don't know
3: if we have trouble, it'll come fast. Maybe there won't be time to arouse the people. Well, let's be glad nothing's happened yet. Is there anything else?
2: Yes, quite a few things, including a letter from Harriet's aunt asking.
1: Good
2: morning, Uncle.
3: Oh, good morning, Harriet. Come in, dear. Good
1: morning,
2: Miss Good morning, Harriet. Welcome back to work, Uncle. I'll be outside at my desk, Mr. President. Oh,
3: thank you. Uh, Harriet, I have to write to your Aunt Helen. She wants to know when you're coming home. You don't mind my talking about it now, do you? I'm not
1: going home, Uncle, uh, unless you make me call.
3: Well, I'd like to explain it all to your aunt, especially since you and Henry Johnson... Uncle,
1: you don't think I'm a fool, do you?
3: No, I know how attached you were to Edward. And, and
1: it's not as if I'd be a burden on you.
3: Nonsense, nonsense. I like having you here but only...
1: I, I thought it all over carefully. Truly, I have. Later in the season, I can be your White House hostess. You, you do need someone. Well, ah, you'd
3: be the most beautiful hostess the White House ever had. Then it's all settled? Well, yes, it's all settled.
1: I knew it
3: would be. Oh, did you? <laughs> you know, Harriet, I'm glad to see you smile again. Now, out with you while Miss Sarah and I get on with running the country. <laughs>
1: Hey, Harriet. Oh, Uncle, come in.
3: Hi, Harriet. I thought I heard you crying.
1: Me? No, I wasn't crying.
3: It's over two months now, Harriet. Is it still about, Edward?
1: I get so lonely. I'm sorry, Uncle. I meant...
3: I know, I know. Harriet, you know I'm happy to have you here, but any time you wish to leave... After all, there's Henry. I
1: haven't heard a word from him.
3: Well, maybe he's waiting to hear from you.
1: I have nothing to say to him.
3: Harriet. Yes? I'm, I'm surprised you've lost all interest in our situation with England.
1: Oh, it's... It all seems unimportant. You know,
3: I've been rereading some of Edward's reports. Of course, he wanted this country to join the international agreement. I can't say I agree, not now.
1: You never did, Uncle.
3: Of course, there's a great deal to be said on both sides. Even so, my feeling (laughs) is that... Uncle,
1: I can see right through you.
3: Yes, my feeling is that this country will never stand for... um... You mean I can't get you to argue with me?
1: I don't care about it somehow.
3: But you might. Think about it a little. You'd feel so much better if you had some active interest again. I'll try. Good. Are you feeling better now? Yes, I am. Thank you, Uncle. Well, now try and get some sleep. Hmm? I will.
1: Good night.
3: Good night, my dear. Good night.
2: Mr. President, a message from the Navy Department.
3: British war vessels yesterday stopped and searched four American merchant ships in the Caribbean Sea. Miss Sarah, ask the British ambassador to come here as soon as he can. But
1: uncle, everybody knows that some ships of every country carry contraband. Why can't all nations together solve it the way England wants us to?
3: That would be ideal, but under different circumstances. I've read
1: 20 books on this subject, and everyone agrees with me.
3: Have you read the books that don't?
1: But your policy can lead to war, Uncle.
3: Harriet, if every nation had the right to stop and search other people's ships, the right would be abused, as the British are abusing it now. That's what may lead to war. Mr.
1: President, the British ambassador... I'll see him in a
3: moment. You'll excuse us, won't you, Harriet?
1: Oh, please don't fight with the ambassador. Oh, don't
3: worry. Don't worry, Miss Sarah. I'll need copies of all the papers that have passed between us and the British Embassy.
1: How do you do, Mr. Ambassador? Miss
4: Lane, how charming you look. I mean it most sincerely. Thank you, sir. What's all that under your arm, books?
1: On Freedom of the Seas and the International Agreement.
4: Oh, you're on our side, are you?
1: Oh, not yours alone, Mr. Ambassador. Everybody's. I think wars over a quarrel like this are horrible. Like all wars. Uh, we might
4: be better off if we had you for an ambassador instead of an old crook like me. I'm sure you're much more persuasive. Oh, I try. And uh, with any success?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: You'll have to give me time. Mr. Ambassador, will you come in, please? Uh,
4: thank you, Miss Sarah. Uh,
3: Miss Lane, I'll try to give you time.
1: Good luck, Mr. Ambassador.
3: Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Ambassador. Sit down, please, won't
4: you? I'm gratified to see you fully recovered, Mr. President. Thank you. Most
3: sincerely. Thank you very much. The last time we talked, I warned you that if British ships touched one American ship, there'd be trouble. Now, yesterday, four American ships were searched. I suppose you have an explanation.
4: Our government is united behind
3: our policy. Oh, so you still think public opinion won't back me up? I only asked the question. Let me ask you one. How soon will you withdraw those ships?
4: Mr. President, I'd like to give you time. Time? What for? In a little more time, you might want to join the international agreement
3: and end the whole question. You've got an entirely wrong idea. I'm not going to ask Congress to change a fixed policy. This country will not tolerate invasion of its rights on the seas. Can you tell me now if London will recall those ships? I haven't that authority, Mr. President. Then you ask for it. And let me have your answer as soon as you receive it from London. (laughs) Has been received from London. It is said that the President is ready to stand firmly on America's policy of complete freedom of of interference. However, it is also said that he realizes the dangers to peace between England and the United States if this issue is pushed to its conclusion. All right, Miss Sarah, give that to the press.
2: Will you allow them to quote directly from it, Mr. President? No, no,
3: no, no. Let them write their own stories based on it. I want to test public opinion indirectly. I don't dare run the risk I've got to run unless I'm sure the country agrees with me.
2: Well, I'll take care of this at once, Mr. President.
3: At the same time, I'll sign an order for the Secretary of the Navy to keep a squadron of our ships ready to sail to the Gulf of Mexico. We'll hold it here until we know. Yeah, it was funny about the ambassador. Funny? Yes, he seemed to have the notion I was going to change my mind about this whole thing. It's funny. Well, get that newspaper statement out quickly. Everything depends on that.
2: President, messages are beginning to come in. What do they say? So far, all against you.
3: Another batch of messages, Sarah.
2: Thank you, Ralph. Let's hope they improve. Mister President, the morning papers. Let me see them. They are quite different
1: from the messages. Almost all of them are for you, Uncle. What have you heard from the British ambassador?
3: Nothing yet, Harriet. Nothing at all.
1: All the newspapers seem to want you to do something final. I hope you don't.
3: I want the ambassador to do something final. I wonder why he doesn't. <laughs>
2: President, the issue is being debated in the House of Representatives and in the Senate.
3: Good. Now we'll really find out where we stand. One more day, Miss Sarah, and we either send that Navy order or we tear it up. Good
1: evening, Uncle. Am I late for dinner? No,
3: no, Harriet. Miss Sarah and I have been working late.
1: Are well, you're worried, aren't you?
3: Well, we haven't heard from the British ambassador, that's why.
1: I do hope there'll be no... No trouble. Uncle. Oh,
3: so do I. Well,
1: if only everything wasn't in such a hurry. If only there were more time, and we Mr. might. President,
3: yes, Miss Sarah. Come in, come in.
2: Copies of these two resolutions just arrived from the Capitol. this one's from the House.
3: Mm-hmm. Resolved that the government of the United States take quick action, firm action in defense of its rights. How about the Senate, Miss Sarah?
2: Here it is. Differently worded, but it's also in complete support of you.
3: Well, won't this surprise our friend the ambassador? All right, Miss Sarah, send that over that order over to the Navy Department. And have the State Department tell the ambassador that our ships will be in the Gulf of Mexico within four days.
2: Yes, Mr. President.
3: Well, oh, I suppose that fellow will come back here to me and protest.
1: Protest, Uncle?
3: Yes, but it's his own fault. I warned him. But instead of answering yes or no, he said nothing. Give it a lot to know what made him think he had time. <gasps> time. Oh, <laughs> well, Harriet, a moment ago you said something about time.
1: Uncle, there may be war, is that right?
3: Not if the ambassador had reported what I told him, and evidently he didn't. Somehow he got the idea that there was time.
1: Uncle, I... I'm afraid he got that idea from me. He what? Well, the other day I I saw him in your ante room, and we said a few words about this quarrel, of course. And now that I think back, he... he must have believed what I said.
3: What in heaven's name did you say?
1: He seemed to think that I might be persuading you to change your mind, to join the international agreement, and I... I said, give me a little time.
3: Well, it sounds as if he did believe you. Harriet, what made you even talk to him? Don't you realize that the smallest thing has a meaning in depropacy? Here I am trying to avoid a clash and you make a joke of it. You lead him to believe I don't mean what I say. And the result is I've had to spend... uh, send these ships out there. They may fight. Men may be killed. Two nations may go to war. Uncle, it was
1: only a few words. It couldn't... it couldn't be so serious. Wars
3: have started over less, Harriet. It's all my fault that you got so interested in this question. But you've gone too far. This is the White House in our home. Well, I'm the President. You're not my Secretary of State. What on earth made you talk to him? It was dangerous and stupid.
1: Uncle, it it wasn't on purpose. What
3: difference does that make? It's a fine mess I've got to straighten out here. Miss Sarah. Yes, Mr. President. Get hold of the um, British Ambassador. No matter what he's doing, where he is, get him over here. Yes, Mr.
2: President.
3: I've got to clear up some misunderstanding that Harry and I don't...
2: I can't... Where is she? Well, she just left the room crying.
3: Crying? Well, I should hope so. Oh, now I've put my foot in it.
2: I beg your pardon?
3: Well, I lost my temper, and I suppose I've spoiled everything we've been trying to do for her. Oh. Now I've got to do two jobs and do them quick. Miss Harriet, won't you open the door? I've got a tray of lunch for you. The president sent it up. Please, Miss Harriet.
2: Harriet, the president's really worried. You've been locked in there all afternoon. Please, Harriet.
3: Harriet, Harriet, you haven't eaten all day and it's almost dinner time. Please come downstairs. I've got a surprise for you.
1: Uncle, I, I was only getting up my courage to, to tell you I'm truly sorry and that I see I made a fool of myself and that I'm going home.
3: No, 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 Harriet. I've got to apologize to you. I know you didn't mean any harm. Could have happened to anybody. Oh, no,
1: Uncle. It was all my fault, and you were right to lose your temper. Really,
3: Harriet, a man should never lose his temper, and I'm sorry. Well, you
1: have nothing to be sorry for. I'm sorry. Uh, Harriet,
3: please. There was no excuse for me to go But, Uncle, you had like every
1: right. I'm a burden and a nuisance. You're yeah. nothing
3: of the kind. I'm happy to have you here, and I'm sorry for what well, I don't happens.
1: want you to be sorry, Uncle. I'm... Now, Harriet, li- I, I...
3: Oh, Harriet, listen to us. Listen to us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Then you'll let me be sorry? Yes,
3: all right, all right, be sorry.
1: <laughs> That's better. You you, uh, you said you had a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. What is it?
3: Oh, oh, I was forgetting. You see that door to the next room? Well, uh, go in there, will you please?
1: What's in that room, Uncle? You'll see. Well, I don't always like surprises. But you
3: go right ahead in there. Henry! <laughs> Harriet, darling! Uh, Mr. President, excuse Shh, me, sir. quiet, Ralph. Oh, sorry, sir. What's the matter, sir? Oh, Miss Harriet and Mr. Henry Johnson, they're in there. Oh, I see. But, sir, dinner's ready to serve. Good hot roast beef. Will it will it get cold if we wait? Wait, sir? How long?
2: Mr. President, we've just had word from the British... Shh! Quiet, Miss what, sir? What's the matter?
3: Miss Harriet and Mr. Johnson's in there.
2: Oh. Well, Mr. President, I wanted to say the British ambassador says their ships are being withdrawn. Oh, oh that's good. That's good. Now, listen, listen.
3: I don't hear anything, sir.
2: I don't hear anything either, Mr. Well, President.
3: That's just the point. <laughs> All right, Ralph. You can serve that roast beef now.
2: <laughs> You're sure that everything is settled? Most sincerely, Miss Sir. Most sincerely. <laughs>
3: have you been able to guess which president this story happened to? The time was 1857, and the president then was James Buchanan. Incidentally, the only bachelor president that we ever had. This quarrel with Great Britain over the doctrine of freedom of the seas was settled without real trouble. And his niece, Harriet Lane, after remaining at the White House as its beautiful hostess, finally did marry Henry Elliot Johnson at Mr. Buchanan's own home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I hope you'll come to see me again next week. I'll have another story I'm sure you like about white, life in the White House with Mr. President. Good night. <laughs>
0: Edward Arnold appears as Mr. President by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Song of Love, starring Katharine Hepburn, Paul Henry, and Robert Walker. (laughs) Mr. President is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert G. Jennings, directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah was played by Betty Lou Gerson. Tonight's story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President James Buchanan. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adams. Be sure to listen again next week when Edward Arnold brings you another story of Mr. President. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.